Hello again, friends. Did you ever feel like you have so much bottled up inside that you just want to let it all out? Um, not in a bad way or even a sad or a mad way. You just want to talk? Well, that's the way I'm feeling tonight. Weird, isn't it? Because you might say, but girl, you're always talking. And that's true. But sometimes the reality of life, the... Um, fragility of life brings you face to face with your moment of truth so i'll ask you to bear with me a while and i'm going to tell you about a friend of mine and i'm hoping the persistent humming of the night creatures outside will provide a relaxing backdrop for my musings uh, years ago i met a friend <clears throat> in the most unlikely of places I was out doing my Sunday morning rounds of serving a warm meal from my car to my regulars when someone brought him to my attention. I was skeptical at first because getting a meal to him meant taking my car up uh, an almost 90 degree hill that was inundated with potholes and jagged rocks. I was skeptical because at the top of the hill also, the road that led to his cottage was so narrow. It's not so bad, Joan, my friend had said at the time. I've seen trucks go through that track. Well, I don't know if it was blind faith or, or mere ignorance or a compulsion to overcome my fear of small spaces, but I ventured in. What I didn't know that Sunday morning, friends, was that I'd ventured into more than a, a physical space. I had stepped into an emotional space and into a friendship that on many occasions had no need for words. You see, my friend was a man of few words. Everyone called him Campari, but I never saw him touch the bottle. Why do they call you Campari? I'd ask him many times and, and first he just ignored my questions and then one day he smiled a mischievous smile and he told me everything I needed to know. I think the name was a relic from his past. <clears throat> but the man I knew was now being led by a different spirit. And so we became fast friends. And I looked forward to seeing him every Sunday. And I knew he felt the same way because he was always waiting by the door, staring expectantly for my vehicle to park under the cool shadows cast by that tangled Saracen tree just outside his gate. And... As usual, I would talk and, and he would listen. I'd pray and he would listen. You know, I'd say, you know, don't allow your porridge to get cold, Brother Campari. And he'd say, that's okay. He was always offering something, yet he would be someone that you would label as having nothing. Oftentimes, you know, I'd, I'd shake the guineps from the tree and knowing fully well that I didn't eat the food, but I also knew he, that it would make him happy to see me pick them. You know, he had the most majestic lemongrass plant growing in his front yard. My friend would say, you know, John, don't you know lemongrass makes lovely tea? Well, I didn't know that. She said, you should try it. And, you know, he would nod that I could cut the leaves and friends, I brewed and drank my first lemongrass tea from Brother Campari's plant. Then one Sunday, I remember I went to visit 
and his door was bolted and, you know, the place was deathly still. And my heart pounded because I thought something terrible may have happened to him. You know, I inquired and learned that he had gone away for a while. <clears throat> and when I saw him again, about uh, maybe about three weeks after, my friend was a changed man. <laughs> His family had visited from overseas and had taken him on an adventure. And boy, was it an adventure. You know, and so my friend opened up and shared all the things he had carefully locked inside, thinking them unimportant stories. And so I saw a different world and I realized how beautiful the tapestry of life can be when we take the time to really live and, and love and learn and listen through the eyes of um, someone else. I want to take a moment and share a story that came across my desk some years ago. And whenever I read the story, I'm reminded of a young boy named Daniel that was placed in my life twice. Not by chance, I believe, but I failed to make a difference in his. I'll tell you about that some other time. And the story is called Daniel's Glove, and I'm going to read it to you. And it goes like this. I sat with two friends in the picture window of a quaint restaurant just off the corner of the town square. The food and the company were both especially good that day, and as we talked, my attention was drawn outside, across the street. There, walking into town, was a man who appeared to be carrying all his worldly goods on his back. He was carrying a well-worn sign that read, I will work for food. And my heart sank. I brought him to the attention of my friends and noticed that others around us had stopped eating to focus on him. Heads turned in a mixture of sadness and disbelief. We continued with our meal, but his image lingered in my mind. We finished our meal and went our separate ways. I had errands to do and quickly set out to accomplish them. I glanced towards the town square, looking somewhat half-heartedly for the strange visitor. I was fearful, knowing that seeing him again would call some response. I drove through town and saw nothing of him. I made some purchases at a store and got back into my car. Deep within me, the Spirit of God kept speaking to me. Don't go back to the office until you have at least driven once more around the square. Then, with some hesitancy, I headed back into town. And as I turned the square's third corner, I saw him. He was standing on the steps of the storefront church, going through his sack. I stopped and looked, feeling both compelled to speak to him, yet wanting to drive on. The empty parking space on the corner seemed to be a sign from God, an invitation to park. I pulled in, got out, and approached the town's newest visitor. Looking for the pastor? I asked. Not really, he replied. Just resting. Have you eaten today? Oh, I ate something early this morning. Would you like to have lunch with me? Do you have some work I could do for you? No work, I replied. 
I commute here to work from the city, but I would like to take you to lunch. Sure, he replied with a smile, and as he began to gather his things, I asked, you know, some surface questions. Where are you headed? St. Louis. Where are you from? Oh, all over, mostly Florida. How long have you been walking? Fourteen years, came the reply. I knew I had met someone unusual. We sat across from each other in the same restaurant I had left earlier. His face was weathered slightly beyond his 38 years. His eyes were dark yet clear and he spoke with an eloquence and articulation that was startling. He removed his jacket to reveal a bright red t-shirt that said, Jesus is the never-ending story. Then Daniel's story began to unfold. He had seen rough times early in life. He had made some wrong choices and reaped the consequences. Fourteen years earlier, while backpacking across the country, he had stopped in the beach at a beach in Daytona. He tried to hire on with some men who were putting up a large tent and some equipment. A concert, he thought. He was hired, but the tent would not house a concert, but a revival service. And in those services, he saw life more clearly. He gave his life over to God. Nothing's been the same ever since, he said. I felt the Lord telling me to keep walking, and so I did, some 14 years now. Ever think of stopping, I asked. Oh, once in a while, when it seems to get the best of me. But God has given me this calling. I give out Bibles. That's what's in my sack. I work to buy food and Bibles, and I give them out when his spirit leads. I sat amazed. My homeless friend wasn't homeless. He was on a mission and lived this way by choice. The question burned inside for a moment and then I asked, What's it like? What? To walk into a town carrying all your things on your back and to show your sign. Oh, it was humiliating at first. People would stare and make comments. Once someone tossed a piece of half-eaten bread and made a gesture, that certainly didn't make me feel welcome. But then it became humbling to realize that God was using me to touch lives and change people's concept of other folks like me. My concept was changing too. We finished our dessert and he gathered his things Just outside the door, he paused. He turned to me and said, Come, ye blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom I have prepared for you. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. And when I was thirsty, you gave me drink. A stranger, and you took me in. I felt as though we were on holy ground. Could you use another Bible? I asked. He said he preferred a certain translation. It traveled well and was not too heavy. It was also his personal favorite. I've read through it 14 times, he said. I'm not sure we have one like those, but let's stop by our church and see, I said. I was able to find my new friend a Bible that could do well, and he seemed very grateful. 
Where are you headed from here? I asked. Well, I found this little map on the back of this amusement park coupon. Are you hoping to hire on there for a while? No, I just figured I should go there. I figured someone under that star right there needs a Bible. So that's where I'm going next. He smiled, and the warmth of his smile radiated the sincerity of his mission. I drove him back to the town square where we had met two hours earlier, and as we drove, it started raining. We parked and unloaded his things. Would you sign my autograph? He asked. I like to keep messages from folks I meet. I wrote in his little book that his commitment to his calling had touched my life. I I encouraged him to stay strong, and I left him with a verse of scripture from Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you, declared the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Thanks, man, he said. I know we just met and we are really just strangers, but I love you. I know, I said. I love you too. The Lord is good. Yes, he is. How long has it been since someone hugged you? I asked. A long time, he replied. And so on the busy street corner in the drizzling rain, my friend and I embraced and I felt deep inside that I had been changed. He put his things on his back, smiled his winning smile and said, See you in the new Jerusalem. I'll be there, was my reply. He began his journey again. He headed away with his sign dangling from his bedroll and pack of Bibles. He stopped, turned, and said, When you see something that makes you think of me, will you pray for me? You bet, I shouted back. God bless. God bless, he said. And that was the last I saw of him. Late that evening as I left my office, the wind blew strong. The cold front had settled hard upon the town. I bundled up and hurried to my car. And as I sat back and reached for the emergency brake, I saw them. A pair of well-worn brown work gloves, neatly laid over the length of the handle. I picked them up and thought of my friend and wondered if his hands would stay warm that night without them. Then I remembered his words. If you see something that makes you think of me, will you pray for me? Today his gloves lie in my on my desk in my office. They help me to see the world and its people in a new way, and they help me to remember those two hours with my unique friend and to pray for his ministry. See you in the new Jerusalem, he had said. Yes, Daniel, I know I will. I shall pass this way but once. Therefore, any good that I can do or any kindness that I can show, let me do it now, for I shall not pass this way again. That's the story. And friends, earlier this evening as I scrolled through my messages, I saw the notice regarding Brother Campari's memorial service. At first I was stunned. You see, COVID-19 had kept us all so isolated that I hadn't seen him in almost a year. But that initial shock was replaced by a joy deep in my heart. 
for I remember our laughter, <laughs> the lemongrass bush, which now is growing in my front yard too, which was a plant Campari gave to me. The warmth of his smile, I remember the warmth of his smile, as warm as the tea I'll drink tonight, and the thankfulness for that Sunday morning when I pushed past my inhibitions and found a special friend and a special love. Friends, you shall pass this way but once. Therefore, any good that you can do or any kindness that you can show, do it now, for you shall not pass this way again. God bless you.